Hello and welcome. My name is Bahar Dat and I'm delighted to welcome you on behalf of the Observer Research Foundation to this weekly chat show where we confront citizens, policymakers, and politicians and discuss all things green. So whether it's climate change or air pollution or biodiversity, these are the issues that matter and we're looking for ideas that work and solutions that help protect the environment. So this week we wanted to start a dialogue on the air apocalypse that grips the country every year. And I'm happy to have with us three people from very diverse backgrounds and we're fortunate enough to have them in this one room together. These are people who fight the battle for clean air in their own uh, way every day. And uh, without much ado, let me introduce our panel. We have with us Arunabha Ghosh. She's the CEO of the Council on Energy, Environment and Water. This is considered South Asia's leading policy research institution. He's recently been appointed as a member of EPCA, which is the Environment Pollution Control Authority. That's the Supreme Court mandated body in charge of tackling air pollution. We're hoping to get some insights from you on what happens in EPCA, what is its role and what is it doing. Uh, we have with us Ritwik Datta. He's an environment lawyer. He's fought many cases in the Supreme Court and the National Green Tribunal. And he's taken on some of the most powerful people, polluting companies. He's dragged them to court fearlessly. So thank you, Ritwik, for being here. And uh, last but not the least, we have Bhavreen Kandhari. She's representing the people's voice today. She's, an, she's a citizen who's taken on the government. And she's saying that they need to do much more in this battle for clean air. So let's take a deep dive in. Eight of the ten most polluted cities in the world, as per data released by the World Health Organization in 2018, are found in India. And yet, year after year, we face this problem, but we're not able to do enough about it. Is there a policy paralysis? What are the challenges and what are the solutions? That's what we're going to be discussing. I'm going to start with you first, Ritwik. Um, tell us about the battles you face in court every day, whether it's the Green Tribunal or the Supreme Court. See, what I, I see, you know, despite, you know, this figure that you say, whether it's 8 out of 10 or 14 out of 15, the fact is that this uh, cause of concern has still not percolated or reached the, uh, the, the courts or the judicial system. And that's a cause of concern. You see a lot of media reporting happening, yeah. but it does not translate into judgments. And therefore, you find that, that there is not a single prosecution under the AIR Act. You know, which says that if you can actually operate without a consent, you can be punished. Last year, we battled for months against this uh, Pragati Maidan ITPO complex, which was operating within 300 meters, you know, or, sorry, within 100 meters of the Supreme Court of India, one kilometer of the Delhi High Court, few kilometers away from the NGT, MOEF, EPCA, and, and the entire project went on without a necessary approval which is mandated under the air act and it's not a single agency if took i can action. just if i can just ask you at this point explain to us for someone who doesn't right. live in delhi what is the pragati maidan project what is so, the clean so, air so act? this is this is basically the the redevelopment of pragati maidan mm -hmm. which is actually coming out now with an international convention uh, center now under the law you cannot start a work unless you have a consent under the air act and we raise the issue that for one and a half years until date as far as we know, they still did not have, don't have the consent, which is a mandatory requirement. And yet, not a single agency, and I would name and mention even the judiciary, failed to act on it. Our point is very simple. If you cannot implement the law or the Air Act mm. within so many meters of the Supreme Court and in Delhi, I don't know what we are doing for the rest of the country, and can we really have hope? And that, I think, was the greatest challenge. 
And even if you look at the National Crime Records Bureau of data, it's only about 40 cases registered under the Air Act in the whole country. And in these 14 cities or the 8 cities, we actually find that not a single case is getting registered. Getting convicted is a very different thing, but even registering is just not happening. So I would say from, from the side of the judiciary, there is a complete lack of interest, I want to say, and there is a complete lack of action when it comes to tackling it in a way that it can be a deterrent. And the person who is polluting it will realize that they are doing something wrong against the society. Today, the general idea is that if you are polluting, you are contributing to the development of the nation. And that's where I think is the biggest problem. But how is it every day we hear media reports, Green Tribunal passes this judgment, Supreme Court you know, passes this order. So explain to us, because you're giving us a completely different picture there. Tell me, Bahar, let's be very simple. Show me one media report which says that this officer is gone to jail for polluting the air. You see, look at a traffic police. You know, you travel without a license, you don't have a seat belt, the police person will stop you and fine you. Does it happen? with the pollution control boards in India? Does it happen with any other agency? You know, you had, we had data now of 20 years of EPCA where they have not prosecuted a single person, never went to the court and the chairperson of EPCA says, well, going to court is so tedious, so difficult, we don't go. So you have authorities been sent, set up principally to prosecute and find them and take action. They have failed, specialized courts have failed and I think there is an issue of serious concern and we need to also look beyond the media headlines and find that beyond, beyond these comments which are made by the judges, is there actually a judgment that flows out? That does not happen and that's not been reported. Okay. I think this is the right point at which we move to policy and uh, Arunaba tell us about your organization. How do you look at policy related to air pollution? What, what have you analyzed in terms of do we have the supportive policies to deal with uh, air pollution and what have you come across? So Bahar, uh, I wear two hats, one as uh, primarily as the CEO of CEW which is an independent no. policy research institution and as of the last three and a half months I've also been a m member of EPCA. Uh, so at CEW our concern <coughs> is to look at the data. Mm and see if the policy is responding to the data. Yes. So one of the things we've been looking at is just the inventories. If you take, even forget your 8 out of 10 or 14 out of 15, let's take the most monitored city in the country, Delhi. Yeah, yeah. Do we even have a understanding of what is causing what? You know, you will have, we've just done an analysis of five different studies, which have a range from say, transport causing 16% of the problem for PM 2.5 to up to 35% of the problem, depending on the study you're looking mm. at. So we need to understand what, if you ask the policymaker to make a change or you ask the citizen to make a change, you need actionable information. And unfortunately, I think because we are not producing sufficient actionable information, it allows the policymaker mm. or the judge or whoever else or the legislator to hide behind this uncertainty. Right. Use that as the fig leaf for inaction. Mm. So that is our first priority. The second uh, priority at CEW we have is to try and uh, create some ground truths yeah. of what implementation of any kind of intervention mm -hmm. feels or looks like. Mm. Take for example crop burning. Yeah. You know, uh, firstly we have a 
seasonal or amnesia about air pollution. That seasonal amnesia disappears in the, in the winter months. Uh, but then we have a geographical amnesia about air pollution. So while the seasonal amnesia di disappears, we shift all our blame northwards to Punjab or Haryana. Yeah. And we say the, all the problem is there because the farmers are burning. So this year we decided to go and actually deploy sensors in, in rural Punjab in four districts and also try and talk to farmers as to why is it that they're burning or that the interventions that have been promised to them, why they are not adopting them. Because while we monitor urban areas and that too not very well, we don't monitor rural air quality at all. So we said, okay, do the farmers know what they're breathing? But once you start looking at why they are burning, you say, well, what is the alternative you're presenting to them? You're saying that there is happy cedar, but there are not sufficient happy cedars on the markets. The price of happy cedars go up when the government announces a subsidy. Uh, the the area that a single happy cedar can cover for the I mean if you average that along along the, all the the entire area that uh, that has to be covered we need about thirty thirty two thousand happy cedars. Mm. Uh, could, so could you just explain to us at this point what is a happy cedar? Well, uh, the uh, it's it's a way to replant your crop. Mm. Put very simply, to replant the next crop without having to pull out the stalks of the previous crop. The stubble, basically. Yeah, the yeah. stubble. Yeah. Uh, because the time between when you're harvesting the, the paddy crop and planting the wheat crop, the crop has yeah. now shortened. And that is a result of many other agricultural um, fallacies or problems we have in how we govern our agricultural policy as well as our practices. Yeah. But having shortened that time, sp time uh, uh, span, we are now leaving the farmer with an option either to uh, burn mm. or to try and replant without having to remove that stubble. Right. But to be able to do that, you need these implements <coughs> to be available reasonably cheaply mm. um, with the government subsidy, etc. that has been announced, but, uh, but at sufficient scale. Mm. So we have to understand these ground truths. So th this was in response to your question yeah. that one is understanding you know, where are the data gaps and do we have actionable intelligence? Second, understanding what are the ground realities related to uh, uh, implementation. And third would be uh, going back to what Ritwik is saying, uh, although he, Ritwik took a sort of legal route, <laughs> I would say the issue basically is poor enforcement. And poor enforcement, mm -hmm. whether from the executive agencies yeah. or through, you know, the courts in terms of, you know, actual conviction on paper having authority versus in practice being able to enforce, yeah. right? What kind of enforcement capability do the pollution control boards have and what are they actually doing with it, yeah. right? Yeah. What are other authorities doing with it? Yeah. Unless we have a deep understanding of this, just to take that same traffic policeman analogy that yeah. Ritwik used, yeah. right? We can say we need many more traffic policemen also on in Delhi's yeah. roads to govern our unruly traffic. Yes. Yeah. And we need tens more, you know, in, in, in magnitude, the number of environmental policemen. Yeah, yeah. So this combination of actionable intelligence, understanding ground reality in terms of interventions, successful or unsuccessful yeah. interventions, and understanding monitoring and enforcement capability. Yeah. Unless we fix these, at least CW thinks these are the three areas okay. that we need to act. Okay. We, will, we will have that dissonance between what we are promising and what we are getting. Okay, I think that's a very good uh, perspective that you've given. And at this point, I must ask you, because <laughs> you are a member of EPCA. 
that's uh, as I explained earlier in the <coughs> Environment Pollution Control Authority. It's a Supreme Court mandated body. What has been this experience like being a member of EPCA? New members were inducted. Is EPCA able to do its job? Well, I, I think the, uh, the job of EPCA itself is multiple. And uh, in I was appointed in early uh, October. 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 Uh, 4th of October I was appointed. So it's been exactly uh, three and Just a half a months. months yeah. and, and this is also the sort of so-called high pollution season, mm -hmm. even though all year round is bad pollution season. <laughs> um, <coughs> so a lot of it, at least in my experience, was looking at how is the a GRAP, the Graded Response Action Plan yes. being implemented, yes. where are some of the bottlenecks, mm. etc. Now, if I took a step back, if I were, you know, in a, in a world of fantasy, if I suppose had been appointed in the month of June, mm. okay, and I had the breathing room to actually think, how, how would I actually want to do this? Mm. Then I would go back to those three things again. Mm. Do I have sufficient actionable intelligence? to design the right intervention rather than check whether the intervention is as right on paper is happening or not. Right. Second, do I have time, am I spending sufficient time in the field to understand the ground reality? Yeah. And most importantly, what is the point of saying something X, X has to happen, whether EPCA says it or Supreme Court says it or NGT says it, yeah. if I don't know who will implement that X? Who will get that X done? And that should be something that we, I would want, at least, I, I don't know how long I will be in that position, but I would Why very much want to, no, 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 because this is, it's a six, it's, it's a six, a six month, month tenure, and then right. I cannot presume that <laughs> I, my tenure yeah. will be extended. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely push towards that, that let us have a better understanding of that monitoring enforcement capability, and uh, not, again, as a fig leaf for inaction, but, yeah. Assuming that that is going to be far short of what we need, yeah. use a body like EPCA to demand much greater yeah. capability yeah. for the enforcement agencies. Yeah. I don't think individual EPCA members yes. can, you know, do spot checks here and there. We, yes. That's a whack-a-mole approach, right. and we we should do a bit of that. Yeah. But yeah. that will not do result in the systemic change that we are mm. all seeking. But so much data is out there. There's the IIT Kanpur study, which fixes what the sources are. I, I understand that you're saying the enforcement part is lacking, but we know what's causing air pollution. We have the institutions in place. We have EPCA, we have National Green Tribunal, we have uh, now a National Clean Air Action Plan. What are we missing? Apart from enforcement, what do we need? Well, I, I'm going to look towards you, but as a <laughs> citizen, yes. right? As I, I, I have a six and a half year old daughter, so yeah. my, my primary identity is as a citizen who is wondering why am I putting my daughter through this, yeah. right? Yeah. What is fundamentally missing yeah. is deep democratic demand for improved air quality. Yeah. Okay. And the absence of that yeah. is allowing everyone else to get away. To get away. And I think that's the right point at which we bring the citizen's voice in. Bhavreen, why would you as a citizen, as a mother, as a parent, get into this is issue of air pollution? Because frankly, it's the most frustrating environmental it issue is. to deal with. How did you get into Aruna, it? Aruna Bas just said that, you know, it's the parent, you know. We, we all learn to live, you know, with whatever. They've actually said everything. Hmm. We, exactly as citizen how we feel or what mm. you know or it's not being implemented whether it's judici judiciary or mm. these 
uh, authorities, everybody's failed, and we've been seeing that we've grown up here. Yeah. But when you have children and you realize that here it is that there are we are killing them, like the first time when I think they were about eight years old. I have twin girls who are 15. Yeah. I was told by the, one of the leading pediatricians that you're not a mother, you're an enemy. Yeah. Why, why because because they were playing sports that? and they were practicing at six o'clock in the mornings. Yeah. And that time we, you know, yeah. it's recently now we are talking of AQIs and we all yeah. got into this air yeah. campaigns and found out, studied. Yeah. And uh, uh, earlier before that, it was our children were regularly with colds and they were on nebulizers and when you would exit the country it would vanish in matter of hours it would vanish yeah. that itself was a uh, you know a, a sign you know that was uh, yeah. you know very evident that yeah. there's something about the air <coughs> and then uh, at least i got confirmation in new york when they said it is air pollution and there is these pollutants that and i studied everything in detail to come back here we want to wash our vegetables and give them the best grocery do the best for them but we don't realize that this is what they're breathing every minute. Every breathing, every minute is killing them. Yeah. You know. And so what, what did you decide to do? I know you've yeah. done a number of actions. You were sharing yeah. with me before yeah. how you've been involved so, in so you know, the government. Tell absolutely. For, uh, you know, whether it was waste management. You know, as a citizen, there's not, you know, wh what is it that we can do? As a citizen, I got to improve myself first. I got to start with myself. And then I realized that around me, everything is failing the authorities uh, for us the municipalities mm -hmm. they are the biggest uh, problem they don't want to work mm -hmm. and any any law uh, that uh, Ritwik was saying any laws that are made they're not enforced mm -hmm. so like 2016 bylaws of waste management where is the implementation everything is mixed and that's going to the uh, landfills mm -hmm. so you start seeing there's all these aspects mm -hmm. traffic now as far as EPCA you know is concerned I heard Dr. Burelal say in one of the uh, uh, seminars that you know why aren't those 10 like uh, diesel vehicles lifted he yeah. said we don't have space to take them yeah. now if EPCA is saying that then what am I what what as a citizen can we do so we have got together as a, as a parent person, yeah. and and the neighborhood you live in yeah you were talking to me about some of the changes you implemented yeah. whether in your own life or your community talk to us about that yes so uh, yes uh, Bahar uh, in many ways uh, the waste management was very close to my heart we had a lot of resistance from the municipality and from our own rwas and uh, people that uh, who would not understand that composting is not the answer the answer is to segregate we got to take that first step and uh, where the municipality should have been with us they were they didn't support us so but we started and we created about uh, you know about 40 percent segregation in uh, so far you know yeah. so 40 percent segregation managed, managed to, to bring in yeah. and now because uh, we, you know there are whole modules that we're trying to introduce mm. to bring in composters and you know compactors and all that so uh, you know th these are whole new set of things but like you said the hindrances what do you do we are mm. fighting the court mm. uh, we're fighting in the court we are fighting outside the court mm. so as an activist i bring in a lot of things now even the cracker petition, like I said, you know, uh, what do the children learn? They will never respect the court. Our ch children haven't burned crackers for years, mm. you know. So and when uh, you know when you tell, and they were very excited with the judgment, you know, as far as we knew what it will be. But uh, for them, yeah, there should have been no crackers, and they question us every day. Even the little ones, four years old, a few four-year-old kids come and ask me that why, auntie, why are there crackers? You said there'll be no crackers, you know. They're questioning. So, so you know, enforcement is the key now here. Yeah. To uh, okay. Yeah. okay, enforcement is the key. Um, I know this has gone into a very uh, pessimistic note. So, Ritwik, I'm going to ask you in my final round now. I want to uh, ask each one of you, where's the hope? 
three possible interventions which the government can make to clean up our air and hopefully maybe in the next 10 years we are able to achieve a target of cleaning the air in Delhi and northern India. Three, three, three actionable points. I would say the first is uh, it has now been monitored by the Supreme Court and if the government is actually um, uh, keen to implement it in the letter and spirit including the industry would be the emission norms for coal-fired power plants. Mm -hmm. In 2017, the new emission norms, which mm. drastically reduces SOX NOx levels, mm. is going to be a major change, change because you reduce the pollution majorly because coal-fired power plant is a major cause. Yes. You know, you had the new standards coming in 2015. Mm. They were to be complied by 2017. Not a single power plant in India has complied with it. So not a single power plant in India complies with, with the current uh, emissions emission norms. Not standards. a single. The issue is not about compliance. Not a single power plant has even made an effort to comply with it. Mm. The so process has the not process is not. They did not even plan to give put in the tenders right. or announce the tenders. So nothing has moved. Now the deadline is 2022, yeah. and and therefore I would see that this is one major scope where there has to be a collaborative approach by the by the government, by the industry, power plants and citizens also mm. to ensure that they actually move to a cleaner technology, I would say first. Mm. The second would be, we need an enforceable mechanism mm. right, to implement the law. It doesn't exist. Correct. Just take the example, I'll give you, it's without any other thing. Look at even say EPCA, what does it do? So th there's a task force, mm. the task force will recommend to EPCA then EPCA will write to the chief secretary. The chief secretary then writes to the yeah. East Delhi, South Delhi, West Delhi municipal corporation. The municipal corporation then does not know who among them will go to stop somebody yeah. because the municipal authority is not entitled to implement the uh, Air Act. The same that thing happens when you have, yeah. then let us look at the firecrackers. Yeah. What, how the world will it be implemented? I have a neighbor who is bursting firecrackers. Yeah. Now, will the police officer or the SHO go there under what provision of law will say that you will stop it? So the only option there is to file an intervention application in the Supreme Court to say my neighbor is busted. So we will have to look towards enforcement really well in order to make it functional. And I would say the third very important is it's a positive recognition, the National Clean Air Program. And like any other program, it can have severe problem with it. But I think there is a way to work with it. It will need some amount of maybe modification changes. But in the f first effort, I would say there's a recognition that there is a problem. Yeah. And, and therefore, I think there can be a kind of a citizen's movement to mm. make it better, but also to make it work. Yes. So I would say these three, three, areas, are the are three the, areas are the yeah. very minimal okay. that would be required to you know bring about a change. Arunaba, would you like I to have a go at three I, 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 I don't even know if yeah. I'll come up with three because the power plant one, I fully agree with, with yeah. Vic. Uh, and I've written about this as well, how to implement it without needing every power plant to do it because we can start retiring the older power plants Definitely. and yeah. reduce the overall capital expense that the power sector <coughs> thinks yeah. it's going to have to incur. So I don't want to get into that. I, I uh, uh, align my views with Ritwik on that. Um, I would actually think that uh, my first step, you know, uh, whether as a citizen or EPCA yeah. or CEW, yeah. uh, would be this public pressure, yes. right? And and Ritwik ended with that. So this, how do you link the new NAC NCAP, the National Clean Air yeah. Plan, plan yeah. 
and the you see again for the sake of the viewers i think it's yes. important to understand the graded response action plan very crudely put is a way to prevent a bad thing getting really bad yes right it's, it's, it's an emergency, emergency it's an emergency right? measure whereas what we needed is a plan yeah. to bring things from bad to better Absolutely. right if yes. not good yes. right yeah. so so now that we have a, a plan it requires a significant amount of publicity so that yeah. citizens know that it's not yeah. just an emergency plan for the yeah. winters there is now a countrywide plan yeah. all year round that is actually there yes. now how do you get a citizen movement going uh, you know the media will have to play a role yeah. i wrote a column in in november title will you read this in june yes i yeah. know yeah. so so will we actually as citizens think yeah. about this in june when the you rains know? come when, when the rains come or it's hot you know we have a different <laughs> environmental problem it's too hot you know and and so and our air conditioners are yeah. on and, and the air conditioners are on and we have we, we, we exactly so yes. we, we it's very easy to you know forum shop hop across different environmental causes right. but this is a problem all year round and this has to be number one strategy to get the the other thing that i would say is uh, linking that to actionable intelligence for citizens so just to give an example one of the things we are doing right now is uh, trying to look at the schools in delhi mm. you know there is school admission season mm. the schools in delhi now where are they located and because most schools are within 600 meters of a primary road yeah. right yeah. what is the quality of air in that road how is that going to impact now you can now if you were choosing i know delhi residents don't really have a choice <laughs> it's, 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 it's like beggars beggars can't be choosers <laughs> but you, within that 8 km radius that you have a choice mm. if you have a choice of you know terrible versus yeah. pretty bad yes. you would still go with mm. pretty bad yeah, when you right. would want yeah. so that kind of actionable yes. intelligence gives citizens yeah. a feeling that this is not just a an app i read in the morning should i go out not go out yes. but this matters so yeah. don't promise me that in delhi's education has become super if my children are going to right. polluted schools yeah and then third i think we have all three of us have said this mm. is we need a massive ramp up on enforcement capacity mm. there is there is no before we solve for corruption and for enforcement agencies etc we just need many more boots on the ground mm. and this combination which in regulatory theory this mix of fire alarms and police patrols mm. how can mm. citizens be the fire alarms yeah. and then the police patrol or the environmental patrol sure. knows where to go mm. otherwise you're just roaming around in the darkness wondering yeah. what to do navin would you like to give three actionable yeah. points you think the i mean here we it's really not you like you said we're pessimistic but we are because we are still asking for all those things they're really not there but so i'm so sorry but i'll just have to say that you know uh, what you've said that it's the citizens will have to ask for it they will have to demand now yeah. and the government <coughs> will have to recognize this as a public health emergency right. and they'll have to put air and health together yes. you know that is the only way things will work otherwise uh, they will just keep talking and uh, they will just because uh, right now there's no political will there's no intent here you are you want uh, uh, to reduce the number of vehicles but then you want to build multi level parkings you want to widen roads cut the trees so we really doing everything is mixed up here we are not thinking right yeah. you know we are not like paris and uh, norway and uh, new york right now also they've just banned plastic uh, bags and why things. go as far as paris uh, bangkok yesterday bangkok yesterday 400 schools more than 400 schools shut at 180, 180. and this whole month i think the average was more than 380 
you know so our children have been going they've gone they've played they've done early morning practices so so even the citizens will have to come up how, why doesn't why don't the parents go and say tell the school sorry my child is not going to come yeah. you know including myself i mean we are not getting to that we are not seeing the seriousness of the situation ourselves Okay, I think that's the right point uh, to sum up our discussion. Um, actionable enforcement, more enforcement intelligence, a proactive judiciary, and most importantly, a proactive citizenship that recognizes that this is a problem and far more needs to be done. I'd like to just end by saying that we have a government and a ministry which has said, do your green good deeds every day. And, and the hope is now that the government wakes up to this problem and stops uh, saying that, uh, you know, denying that air pollution is an issue and recognizes that this is a national crisis that needs to be addressed. Thank you so much all of you for Thank joining you. me. Thank you.